Hello, my name is Andrew Laposha, and welcome to the Twilight Years. On today's episode, we will be looking at the death and final years of New York Yankees legend Joe DiMaggio. Cholton Joe DiMaggio is, without a doubt, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. A member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, he won the Most Valuable Player Award three times and was an all-star for all 13 of the seasons he played. He also won a whopping nine World Series rings. At the end of his career, he had scored 361 home runs and had a batting average of .579. But perhaps his greatest accomplishment was his 56-game hitting streak, which he achieved in 1941. It is a record that still stands to this day and will most likely never be broken. His name will always be immortalized in the lyrics for Simon and Garfunkel's Mrs. Robinson. With the line, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Our nation churns its lonely eyes to you. What's that you say, Mrs. Robinson? Jolton Joe has left and gone away. In the 1970s, he found a new claim to fame as a commercial spokesman. He became the spokesperson for electric dip coffee maker Mr. Coffee, appearing in their commercials for over 20 years, as well as advertisements for Bowery Savings Bank. DiMaggio also had a very rough personal life. His first marriage to actress Dorothy Arnold produced one son, but ended in shambles after five years. After his retirement from baseball, he married Marilyn Monroe, who at the time was at the height of her fame. However, their marriage was rocky from the beginning, and they divorced after less than one year. Joe rarely spoke about her afterwards, though he did organize her funeral and made sure her grave always had fresh roses. For many years, Joe DiMaggio would always throw out the first pitch on opening day or for old-timers' day. He also threw out the first pitch when the Yankees made it to the World Series in 1996, which was the Yankees' first time there since 1981. Joe would always insist on being introduced last and being introduced as the greatest living ball player. At one Yankee Stadium event, he punched Billy Crystal in the stomach for not introducing him as such. On April 13, 1998, Joe was given the Sports Legend Award at the 13th Annual American Sportscasters Association Hall of Fame Awards Dinner. The award was presented to him by a longtime fan, former Secretary of State Dr. Henry Kissinger. Joe DiMaggio made his last public appearance on September 27, 1998. It was the last day of the regular season, and he was honored at Yankee Stadium with Joe DiMaggio Day. At the ceremony, he was presented with a replica of his nine World Series rings, which had been stolen from his hotel room years earlier. If you're like me and you wanted to start a podcast, but were not very tech-savvy, you wouldn't have known what to do. Then I heard about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. A couple of weeks after his Yankee Stadium appearance, things started to go downhill for Joe. On October 12, 1998, he was admitted to Regional Memorial Hospital in Hollywood, Florida, where Joe was living. As a side note, the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, established in 1992, is at this very hospital. His main reason for going to the hospital was for a bout of pneumonia. However, it was revealed that he was suffering from lung cancer. Jolton Joe would remain in the hospital for the next 99 days. Two days after being admitted, surgery was performed. A tumor was removed from his right lung. Two separate bronchoscopies were required to drain the fluid from his lung. Chemotherapy was out of the question. 
On November 16th, his blood pressure sharply fell. A priest was called in to perform last rites. Shortly after last rites were given, he improved. Yankee owner George Steinbrenner planned on visiting Joe in the hospital, but canceled, thinking Joe would not recognize him. For the most part, news of Joe's condition was kept quiet from the press. On November 24th, the day before Joe's birthday, the announcement was made public that he was suffering from lung cancer. There was one article that said he had a heart attack, which was untrue and upset him greatly. There were countless health updates every day for the next few months. On one occasion, NBC prematurely reported him dead during a Dateline Gwyneth Paltrow segment. Joe spoke his first words in weeks on December 3rd, saying, I want to get the hell out of here and go home. The next day, however, things got bad again. Amongst usual symptoms, an intestinal infection developed. A do not resuscitate order was signed. He fell into a coma on December 11th. The news was announced and the world thought this was it. Much to his doctor's surprise, he pulled through. Joe was angry that his doctor was releasing so much information about his condition and demanded that no more statements be made. Joe desperately wanted to go home to die. He was finally discharged on January 19, 1999. He secretly left the hospital in a Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital van. When the news was made public, fans were relieved thinking that it was possible a recovery had occurred. When Morris Engelberg, Joe's lawyer, said it was time for Joe to go home, he surprisingly asked where home was. Joe was comfortably set up at his home. A security officer was placed at his house to dissuade the lurking paparazzi. He received get-well cards from fans and even signed baseballs from time to time. When Joe was in good health, he was able to sign up to 300 an hour, but in his condition, he could barely sign nine of them. Towards the end, George Steinbrenner paid to visit to Joe. A sign was placed by his bed that read, April 9th, Yankee Stadium or bust. Joe had actually been invited to throw out the first pitch on opening day, as he always had. George mentioned this to him, and he smiled. Five days after George's visit, on March 8, 1999, surrounded by family and friends, Joe died. He was 84 years old. According to Morris Engelberg, Joe's last words were, I'll finally get to see Marilyn, but many have disputed this claim. Joe's funeral was held two days after his death at Saints Peter and Paul Catholic Church. It was a private invitation-only service. No Yankees were in attendance. 300 fans and reporters were barricaded across the street. Joe's childhood friend, Reverend Armand Oliveri, delivered the service, and his brother Dom, also a prominent baseball player, gave the eulogy. Dom spoke about how Joe had everything he could ever want, except the right woman to share it with. To fill the void, Dom said Joe devoted his time to helping children. Joe was buried at his family mausoleum at Holy Cross Cemetery in Colma, California. Joe DiMaggio continued to make headlines after his death. Just a few weeks afterwards, New York Governor George Pataki and Mayor Rudy Giuliani had a feud over which highway should be rededicated as Joe DiMaggio Highway. Governor Pataki wanted it to be on Major Deacon Expressway, which ran right by Yankee Stadium, while Mayor Giuliani wanted it on the West Side Highway. Giuliani won the battle. In April 1999, Yankee Stadium paid tribute to Joe by unveiling a stone monument in the outfield memorial, with tributes to Joe and other great Yankees such as Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. Just before opening pitch, Paul Simon walked out playing Mrs. Robinson on his guitar, in honor of Joe. Just five months after Joe's death, his son, Joe Jr., passed away from a heart attack at the age of 57. Joe Jr. was a pallbearer at his father's funeral, but the two had not spoken to each other in two years. He had been working in a California junkyard and was living in a trailer park. He had two adopted daughters who his father doted on. After Joe's death, the Yankees retired his number, number five, as did the Florida Marlins.
There is a reason Joe was always introduced as the greatest living ball player. It is because he was. Many baseball historians would agree with that claim. He had tons of records to his name, one of which still stands. The fact that he made headlines after his death shows how great of a player he was. It is important to note that the majority of his career was done without the medium of television. This shows a lot about his legacy and his popularity, which remains to this day. Thank you all for listening to The Twilight Years. Please don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are included in the description of this episode. If possible, leave me a review. If you have any requests for somebody you would like to see talked about on this podcast, let me know and I will do my best to get to them. Thanks again for listening. My name is Andrew Laposha, and I will see you next time.